Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Sam and Beyond. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And today, I kind of wanted to talk about something we've skirted around and we've briefly addressed in several episodes. NFTs, and particularly how they relate to video games. Now, I think at this point, what is it, July, late July 2022, I think largely the internet has denounced NFTs, and rightfully so. Uh, they just, you know, they're a tool for grifters and people looking to make a quick buck out of things that aren't really worth anything. Um, but there are a few big gaming companies that are still kind of all in on uh, NFTs. A couple that come to mind are Square Enix and Ubisoft. So I kind of wanted to just bring up the discussion of NFTs as they relate to gaming. I mean, also and GameStop, if we want to call it a gaming company. GameStop just released their like beta NFT marketplace. That's, yeah, which is uh, well, so like game GameStop's saving. an interesting beast in all of this too because I think I feel like they're just treading water, right? Like they're just trying to find something. Oh yeah, this is literally their like this is their like death rally. They're trying to find something to survive, right? And I don't think it's gonna work for them, unfortunately. No, the but, people that think it is are delusional. Like the, the people that are excited about this are extremely excited about it, but they're also completely delusional. With GameStop in particular, I feel like the weird like meme phenomenon that happened around it where it's like stock went to the moon briefly, like really kind of gave that company a shot in the arm for like maybe this may like maybe the investors thought like okay, maybe GameStop has a chance, but it's it's just a matter of time. I think so like I think the last time I went to went inside of a GameStop, it's actually kind of interesting. They they're nothing like there's they're they're Selling, like, all sorts of, like, collectibles and stuff, things that aren't even really... Funko Pops. Yeah, video games. I mean, they still have video games, at least here. Oh, yeah, they I, still I, have I video games. One. I think and, I went to GameStop to buy Metroid Dread. And their whole thing, obviously, is still used games, and that's what GameStop's bread and butter is, but... Yeah, yeah and I'm pretty anti-used game myself, but that's kind of neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah, so GameStop... So, yeah, GameStop, I didn't realize they were trying to get into nfts so what are they doing exactly it's just that they they designed an nft wallet and to their it feels weird to say this but to their credit their wallet does seem to be the least scammy of all of the like public wallets you can use so i, I like, don't want to get too much into the technology but my understanding is you can host your own wallet but that requires a lot of technical know-how or you can use a wallet through another company which is what gamestop is offering I guess what I'm curious is, like, what are their NFTs? Like, are they uh, just, just, like, video game character no, art it's not or something? Video game or? Relevant at all. It's just art. From what Interesting. I'm saying. Okay, so it's not even game related. It's the, it's the same thing that uh, Radio terror. Shack is doing. Yeah, it's like the normal mediocre art that only sells because it's an NFT and because yes. people don't understand that that is meaningless. It's like those really okay. ugly apes. Yeah, that that's another, like, weird, like, they're just trying everything. And it's weird that, like, you'd think that if there was some magical silver bullet that could save GameStop, it would be video game related, right? But they're seemingly trying all these unrelated things. I don't know. It's just bizarre. Yeah, the thing about NFTs and companies trying to exploit them, it'd be different if they were original with it, but what? what is Ubisoft has just given out, like, a hat? I mean, so let's let's think about Ubisoft for a sec. So I think Ubisoft's sort of angle in all of this is to create like uh, 
is is to tie NFTs into like microtransactions, right? That's their whole sort of yeah. And, and so like vision, the pitch with an NFT is extremely misguided. But the idea is that you can be playing Watch Dogs Legion, for instance, and you can buy a gun that looks cool and that you really like, and that same gun you can take it over to Rainbow Six Siege, for instance, and you have that same gun that you bought because you own that That NFT. makes no sense. <laughs> Unless, yeah, yeah, you know, like what, the developers what, plan yeah. multiple games with that sort of functionality in mind. Yeah, because, like, these ideas are not pitched by developers. They're pitched by people that don't understand the industry very well at all. Yeah. Because, like, that gun, you can't, like... Literally, if two games are made in Unity, you could just take an asset and drop it at another game, but... It wouldn't be balanced. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't match aesthetically. It wouldn't necessarily even like function properly in any way. And that's not even thinking about games that you know. By and large, many games are not made in big commercial engines. They're made in studio specific engines. And in that case, it's just not going to work at all. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I guess unless all of that studio's games, you know, are made with that functionality in mind. But like, I don't think anyone's going to do that. Like, no. Yeah, I think it's it's lar- people with NFTs and games and how you can like transfer it between games. It's largely a misunderstanding of how assets and games work. Yeah, and like just just off the bat, the more compatible my game has to be with your game, the worse both of our games are going to be because we have those restrictions. And like games are already pretty buggy these days at launch a lot of the time. Do we really yeah. want to add technical complexity that does nothing to make the game more fun? I, I really yeah. don't think so. <laughs> it's it's like the notion of like, hey, if you keep playing this game, you could earn things that you could trade for real money. Why don't Which I that, want another that job? That already sort of exists. Yeah, play, right? Like play to earn games. Yeah. That already sort of exists. And like obviously we've mentioned like the uh uh Counter Strike. Yeah, Counter Strike. Oh, yeah, yeah. Counter Strike. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an example like NFTs. The idea of crypto in general and the blockchain and everything is to decentralize things, which in some way kind of makes sense. The problem is none of it is actually doing that. Like these NFTs that you buy are still like the actual, they're just a link to something on a server. So it's still centralized at the end of the day. And what they don't do anything that a server can't do, but they do cost like I mean, exponentially yeah, the, more CPU power. The other like, idea of the value in quotes, right, is to just prove that this digital asset belongs to you. Which yeah. I mean, like, I'm sorry, but who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. Who cares? Who cares? First of all, second, I have owned many digital goods. I guess over the years, right? Steam games. Yeah, Steam games, and yeah, that that's a perfect example. I have been scammed significantly less than many of these NFT bros have. Like, I mean, there have been some very big ticket NFTs that have been stolen through hacking and things like that. And that's just a not like my Steam library is not going anywhere. Like it's protected. It's safe on a server. Like, yeah, I guess. And guess what? Valve it is. Out of business it's, is gone. But I was going to say, and that's centralized, right? Like, yeah, Valve takes care of it. But, you but, know, like. You know, yeah. I guess in the hypothetical future where, like, someone malicious takes control of Valve, everyone loses their Steam games. Or, but, like, you know, like, that just, that's just not going to happen, right? There's backups of backups of backups of backups. And- I will say if, like, 
So Steam being centralized, this is one argument in favor of an NFT. If I owned an NFT of my copy of Enter the Gungeon, for instance, I could, without Valve knowing, all they know is that NFT links to ownership of the game. I could sell that NFT to someone else, and now they own the game. And suddenly, mm-hmm. like, used game sales work digitally. Right. I don't see that as a as a pro, though. Like, that doesn't really help anyone meaningfully. Thinking about, like, the larger companies and their stances... Right, like, I do almost feel like, like, we've got to imagine the executives at every big company, like, we're talking Sony, micro, like, everyone was frothing at the mouth when this NFT stuff started, and then when, like, they were obviously keeping an eye on things, and when big companies like Ubisoft and Square Enix, like, tried to make moves and were, like, instantly set on fire, they were like, okay, maybe we yeah. should pause. It's, but it's you've got to think everyone was thinking about it, at least, for a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it's, it's not- largely based on uh, cooler heads prevailing because, yeah. like, Ubisoft and Square Enix were right on the gun, and Ubisoft was also super confrontational with just about everyone who criticized them for making NFTs. It's a good, like, it's a good pitch, I guess, to people that have a lot of money to spend. But I feel like gaming has already done a lot to drain people's pockets and stuff. And like, I, I feel like it's got to be the vast majority of gamers do not have money to play your stupid fictional stock market, you know, and it's just, you're just making the experience worse for them by yeah. including things like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I do think like, as far as like the tendency to collect thing go, things go, where I do think NFTs are maybe like trying to prey upon that tendency, but as far as that tendency goes for gamers at least, it's almost entirely physical, right? Like, yeah. obviously I own physical games, I own digital games, but if I want to own like, you know, like a Kratos action figure or something. I'm not going to get a digital one. I'm going to go out and buy that thing, you know, like... I have bought games that I'm not going to play physically, like NES cartridges and stuff. I have bought games that I don't, like... I own a copy of Castlevania 2. That's a terrible game. I'm not going to play that game. But I wanted to own it as a collectible. I would not have bought Castlevania 2 on Steam. That that is insane to me. I don't need an icon on my desktop. That's not a collectible. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like this whole notion of digital collectible, it just doesn't make sense to me. And like sometimes I think that maybe maybe something like this will make sense to like a younger generation, right? But to me, this just is ludicrous, right? I can, like I can see if I want to collect something, I want it to up. be something I can touch. Yeah. Like, a, a, a generation that has grown up having a virtual reality space that is their own or something, maybe yeah. this makes sense a little bit. But the technology behind an NFT is still not valuable in that instance. Because if you have a VR space, that it, it literally has to be centralized. There's no way to decentralize that. Like, if for, yeah, in order for other people to come visit your VR space, there has to be some, yeah, some greater... Unless you're like... In there. Unless you're going to have kids entering IP addresses to get to each other's VR space and you're not, you know, Minecraft got away with that. But (laughs) I I don't see a greater world where that happens. Yeah. And I do think like, I I don't want to call it the failure of NFTs yet because I don't think we're entirely out of the woods yet, but we're mostly out of the woods. But I do think the sort of downfall of NFTs is that no one was able to sort of prove the value that decentralization slash integration with blockchain will actually bring to video games yeah like no one's been able to do it yet to video games specifically i think that there is essentially no value like not not in the things that they're like the the example i gave is the only value i can think of where you could sell a used game 
game companies will never let you have that because that's no. them losing sales. That would be insane for them to do. They're never going to sell you a game as an NFT because, you know. The uh, only possibility would be like some third party like GameStop, but I'm sure that would run into like immense legal hurdles. So I don't think that'll ever happen. GameStop just can't afford to. Like they can't afford a Steam level infrastructure. Which or is even some need. some magical third party that has funds that yeah. crops up out of nowhere. I don't even think this would get off the ground because I think no. it would break some existing laws. Well, that yeah, we have. I mean, also like it's in nobody can you know you'd need epic money to get off the ground and compete right. with Steam. Like game PC gamers are not willing to move to another storefront even if it's pretty good. So right. So yeah, like I I don't know, like it's a I feel like what happened with NFTs is it's kind of like a I don't want to say a rare case in the gaming industry, but it's definitely like a unique case in that like a new technology cropped up. People thought like big gaming companies thought it would fit like a glove with gaming and it just didn't, right? Like <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It just uh it just kind of faltered and fizzled out. NFTs are the results of someone that wanted like scarcity in the gaming space when no one in the gaming space wanted any scarcity for their items and games. It's like walking into Assassin's Creed and finding a one of one sword that no one else can have and then telling everyone else about it. Yeah, I mean like so the, that's an interesting point Mike. Like the whole notion of like NFTs capitalizing on like scarcity, like very few games. Like particularly like something like maybe WoW or maybe even Counter-Strike, right? Like, games that have this big, dedicated, hardcore fan base maybe could get away with something like that. But, like, you know, if if you want to integrate, like, NFTs into, like, the next Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed, like, I don't know, man. Like, the, the, something that, like, a wide berth of gamers play, right? Like, casual gamers or whatever. I don't think that's, like, a that's something they'd be interested in. Like, maybe NFTs would work to like the very hardcore fans of a particular kind of game. But this this notion of like giving it like broad support and like opening it up so that everyone can interact with it and like I just don't think that's realistic and I don't think that's ever going to happen. I I also do want to point out like the people doing NFT stuff right now for, for the most part the people in charge are not misguided. They are malicious. Like Yeah. If you are involved with NFTs, you are either unknowingly being scammed or you are knowingly scamming someone. Like, there's no real middle ground in there. It's, I mean, they they literally, like, use cult tactics to bring people over. They, like, you know, they will say, like, oh, you know, all these people that are against NFTs, they just don't understand it, and you do, and you, you shouldn't talk mm-hmm. to them. You should talk to us because we... You know, you're too smart for everybody else. You actually understand this technology. They they use, like, just basic recruitment tactics to get people into this cult mentality where it's them against the rest of the world and they have their NFTs and they have to hold and, you know, do yeah. literal pump and dump schemes and stuff with crypto. And it's, it's like, very sad for the people that are involved in it because it's not even, like, you don't have to be an idiot to fall for this stuff. Like... You just oh, no. have to not be, you know... Paying attention. Not not even not paying attention, but if you're not, like... There's also, like, there's a huge a, element of FOMO, too, right? Like, yeah. it's like you see this thing, you see people, like, you know, obviously a very public, small group of people 
making money off this and you're like oh i don't want to miss out on, well, also like, like, this all, is my chance you're right like that sort of thing all three of us see through this because we have computer science backgrounds like i well, i could two very, of you technically i guess the, i have computer yeah, you have enough no you have more than a knowledge. layman's knowledge yeah. like yeah i mean me, me and amit are actual software engineers mike has uh mike has played with the idea and so like yeah we see through this but like a layman who's just like watching the Saturday Night Live skit where Pete Davidson talks about how much money people are making off of NFTs. Yeah, or, I could... What was it? What was that late night host who showed off his ape? <laughs> his ape? Yeah. yeah. Was it... That's another, like, weird thing. I, I don't understand. Like, what's was... with the apes? I just don't get it. Yeah, have you guys seen the Bored Ape cartoon? Oh, my God. That's, like, don't talk an, about that. It's an NFT awful. cartoon, right? Oh, yeah, you awful. can buy the episodes as NFTs. Uh... But that doesn't make any sense to me. No, it's so it's if you can ownership. just buy the episode as an NFT, like no, it's it's literally like owning the like the scam artist who sold the Golden Gate Bridge. Like he didn't he okay. didn't actually own it, but he sold it like seven times or something. And it, yeah, it's it's a famous con artist, and like he wasn't even selling. Like you can't stop people from using the bridge. It's a public bridge. Everybody's going to use it. But he was claiming that he could sell it to these people. And he all right. So I guess it. there's a hash in the blockchain somewhere that says that you own this bridge, right? Yeah. Like, uh, but no, <laughs> good this, luck this having that like, hold up in like, like a court of law. This or was whatever, like sixty yeah. years ago. Or so. <laughs> like, I think. I think my favorite NFT. What NFT bros think is that if they buy an NFT of something, that they own the intellectual property rights to it. Is is that? Something people thought? That yeah, is, there was uh, an entire something. group yeah. dedicated to like buying the first, like a Dune script for a movie that got canceled. Oh, a long yeah, time I ago. heard about this. And they were going to try to make a new movie out of it. And then they realized, no, they wouldn't own the IP rights to Dune. The, Seth Green, uh, th- there was another one. Seth Green bought an NFT and he had a show planned. He, I think it was a board ape and he had a whole show planned around his board ape. And, I just don't uh, get it, man. That's... Someone stole it. And so he couldn't make his show anymore because he didn't own, he <laughs> didn't own the ape anymore. Rights or yeah, it's so and dumb. like that was never how that worked. He he still owned the. Could like, you imagine can, if you had an NFT game and you got stolen? It's like, oh, guess I just don't own the game anymore. Yeah, like like it's just nonsense. It's all I, nonsense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep going back to this, but someone please explain to me the appeal of the ape. They're ugly. There is no. They're appeal. ugly. Like, There's. It's the cult mentality and some vague I can, Nazi connections. I can do you one better. Have you guys seen the NFT girlfriends? What? Oh no, I gotta look this up. There, it's a procedurally generated girlfriend <laughs> that you can buy, and it's just okay, an image huh? and a personality. And it's an is NFT. it like a is it, is it like girlfriend? an AI? No, is it's it not. Like, I to my knowledge, is not interactable at all. It's the it's the equivalent of like a trading card. It's just like a video or something. No, it's just an image with is text. It, what are they called? <laughs> That's the crypto, even worse. Crypto girlfriends. Maybe I don't know. I saw, so you're I saying saw I sh- I could like go online and like f- Google image like a picture of an attractive woman and just slap some text on it and sell it? Is that what you're telling These me? These are procedurally generated. So the the NFT is essentially the seed that generates this uh, this very custom uh, NFT girlfriend that you own. I don't. Under- so they don't pull from like a pool of like no pictures. They're procedurally they- generated. So are the apes. So it's like a okay. So it's the like apes a- are also procedural. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Much like, uh, did you work on Lobster Bottomy with us, Ahmed? No, that's the one I missed. Oh uh, well, it works very similarly to our date generating algorithm that we made, uh, notably as sophomores in college for free. 
but uh, we just randomly select a hairstyle, a face, a nose, and a hair color. So you're telling me I all think these? I found them. <laughs> Sorry, so stupid. You're telling me all these apes being sold or procedurally degenerated? Then like that. That's that why, yeah. has even less value. Like no one made it. So hideous. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not actually art pieces. They just throw it through an algorithm. Yeah. They're not made by humans. Yeah. The more I hear about this, just the- like AI can create like the Dolly AI. That was cool art. That was just created by people just throwing prompts at an AI. But this is like you're just throwing a bunch of numbers into a system. I mean, we're getting into like some like philosophical stuff, but I don't really see the value in art generated by something that isn't human. I don't think that's fair. I like I cause like, like eventually I think like we're eventually going to get to the point where AI can make. You know, the most beautiful art, the most beautiful music, that kind of stuff. But, like... I think at that point, if the it, art's if not the art. The algorithm is the art. But... I guess, yeah. I don't want to own a specific instant. Like, I don't want to own one seed on that algorithm. Because the algorithm's the art, not the individual piece at that point. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good observation. I think I like that. Because, like, cause like, I'm not going to say No Man's Sky isn't art. But No Man's Sky is, yeah. by and large... A procedural yeah. algorithm that creates the technology is the places. Art. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I can say that I do want to dabble in AI music at some point, but yeah, AI music is fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just I guess it sort of creeps me out the notion that like maybe a hundred years from now, machine learning algorithms are just going to like get so good at making music and paintings and stuff that it's it's like you Have know you anything the, uh... a human can do will pale in comparison. Have yeah. you seen the deep fake critical video? Oh, I was about to talk about that. Yeah, Critical I mean, just, I've seen yeah. deep fakes, but I <laughs> no, I don't it is know. like it. it deep, looks, they deep faked his voice too. Uh, yeah, I wasn't looking at the screen very closely. I was like on my phone. Oh I no, the video realize. is actually from his most recent video. Yeah, I watched his most recent video, but he clipped it, and I didn't realize. Yeah. Like he started talking about the fact that part of it was AI generated, and I had not realized at any point that he had stopped. That's scary, talking. man. Yeah, the voice really was scary. AI generated. Like yeah. it really kind of. It freaks me out. Like, we're headed towards a future where, like, if any video can be generated, and if any audio can be generated, like, oh, I've, I've <laughs> like where does years. that leave us? You know, like... If I didn't see it with my own two eyes, it did not happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, we're heading towards... We're very close to a future where that's the case, right? Like, anything yeah. could just be doctored. You know, Scare another stuff. thing that NFTs are gonna... That could do to the gaming community is get rid of that cooperative atmosphere that the gaming communities generally have. How do you mean? Like, say, like a game like Elden Ring. Someone discovers something and they spread it around and they tell everyone about it. If you have an NFT, say you find an NFT weapon, no one else can grab that weapon anymore. I agree mostly, but like, there's a game I used to play a ton of called Mobby Nogi. It was was published by the same people as MapleStory for those uh, keeping score at home. But it had these, uh, these stones that had to be broken to get into new areas. And on each server, only one person could break the stone, and then your name was immortalized forever there. It, it Forever, for the rest of the game's lifetime, it would say who broke that stone. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, had I to, can like, understand, like... Skill. And that's, like, sick. It, it's sick yeah. to be recognized for your achievement or luck And or that whatever. was done without NFTs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, notably, Elite Dangerous does that, too. That was done in 2006. Something. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah so I guess it's it's, it's on a Nexon server somewhere. Oh no, right? Like we've got to yeah. solve this technological problem. I don't yeah. know. It's a little silly. No, there's just not a lot of it's it's a solution looking for a problem in many yeah. cases. And I don't doubt that there are problems that blockchain is useful for. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. 
What I am saying is that it is not useful. Like all the, these are a bunch of made up problems that people are like trying to throw blockchain at so that they- Like we need a centralized marketplace in a game to sell items to each other. Like all these people saying like you should use cryptocurrency because the bank shouldn't have control of your money. What they're saying is the bank shouldn't have control of your money. I should have control of yeah, money. literally. <laughs> like they're just they're just moving the power to them instead of the person that they're saying shouldn't have it, and that's not I, helpful for anyone. <laughs> I am a strong proportion for crypto being a bad financial system because of its inherent instability. It's like it's like buying stocks in Microsoft and then mm. saying I'm going to buy things with my Microsoft stocks. I, it's I disagree. The stocks same only, thing. Stocks only go up. <laughs> well that's not true lately but <laughs> yeah but you know I, your Long point is taken Crypt, crypt crypto is just it's the wild west in terms of investing right like you're if you if you buy it you got to be it's prepared not an to ride it's a gamble like yeah it, it basically yeah yeah. You know, when you're when you're investing, you buy S and P five hundred. It might go down next year, but over over five to ten years, you will make money, guaranteed. And that's not true with crypto. Like a bunch of people bought into Luna because they thought it was going to blow up. Those people God. lost everything. Yeah, I lost. Yeah. Uh, I lost a little bit on that for sure. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. See, <laughs> I sold out of my Doge before the crypto crash because I needed money because I was unemployed for a little bit. I never see that's the any- thing. Like, if you get lucky, right? Like, you can you can make out with a profit, but yeah, like, I made fifteen bucks. Yeah. I never owned any crypto. I I was given one Doge coin in a Reddit comment one time, and that was back when Doge was worth like a fraction of a penny. I don't know what it's worth now. A fraction of a penny. Okay. Yeah, it crashed. But, I mean, I did. Yeah, I, I got someone- out before it got out. Before it crashed. Who, like, they, one of their like uh, their big goals was to own an entire Bitcoin. They mm-hmm. accomplished that goal around January of this year. Oh, rip. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, at that point, like, he, like, your friend has no recourse but to just pray. They and just, hope, yeah, they just right? wait Like, it you out, can't, yeah. you, because if you pull out, it's just like, you've just lost. You've just lost. Right. Yeah. yeah you've just gotten destroyed. Right. Yeah. Just hung out to dry. Absolutely. Yeah. Now Dogecoin's down to six cents. Yeah. Oh, well, well I don't know. This year of so, uh, 18 cents. I want to just bring it back to NFTs because obviously there's like a lot of overlap between cryptocurrency and NFTs, but like NFTs are their sort of own entity, uh, especially as they relate to gaming. And I wanted to talk about specifically Square Enix. This one puzzles me, right? Because with Ubisoft, I can kind of see where they're coming from, at least in the sense that like they have these games that have these monetization models that are like, okay, we're going to have these items for, like, these massively multiplayer games and stuff like that. Like, that concept, at least, you know, whether or not you agree with it, it, it you know, it can happen. It makes sense. With Square Enix, they make, like, what? Single-player RPGs. Like, what? why are they getting into NFTs? Like, what are they going to do? ruin final fantasy i don't know that's i hope not right like i mean obviously they have like final fantasy 14 which is like one of the biggest mmos in the world at this point if they put nfts in dragon quest but that's what i'm saying like right like they have dragon quest they have final fantasy like these are beloved single player rpg franchises like and and the fact that they've been talking about nfts nonstop for like a year now like really scares me like which like, cause that tells me that like they're gonna try and like shoehorn them into these 
single player RPGs. Yeah. It really kind of feels like it's the um it's the microtransaction plague of the early 2010s all over again. Like I guess, but and like we were all it, convinced that it was going to ruin gaming forever and then it largely blew over. Like yeah, uh, games still have microtransactions, but there are, I can't remember the last time I played a game where I was like forced to, by them. Yeah. Like, I mean, Star Wars, I think the last one was Star Wars Battlefront 2. And that, that was, like, was the where it exploded. Yeah. That was in like 2017 or something. 17, yeah, we did, yeah, a, that was we a did an episode on it. Yeah, yeah we did. So but I guess it, it, like, it it's just, a while. Yes, yeah, okay. But like still, Square Enix, what are you doing? Like, Oh yeah, I'm not saying they're and, not and, wrong. I just don't, you know, I think I it's mean, a growing pain. I think it'll go away. If you away. think about it, Square Enix went all in on crypto because they sold off a significant portion of their like high volume. Well, value, so like they uh, sold studios. off, they sold off like Crystal Dynamics, right? Which is like a Western studio anyway, and like they they were hemorrhaging money because of Avengers, and right? So it, it made sense to like divest yeah, actually, that. I wonder or whatever. how much of this is like Square Enix hurting from Avengers because that was a huge. But he, okay, so here's the thing: like Square Enix was hurting from Avengers, specifically Crystal Dynamics, but they sold Crystal Dynamics, and like now they're just they just have their core bread and butter series like yeah. Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, and those have never been stronger. Like They've, those have been, those yeah. are doing great. Final Fantasy VII remake set the world on fire. It's, Dragon Quest XI is considered yeah. like the most beloved Dragon Quest. Like Very I think they're game. doing, it's, they're doing it's fine. It's going to be better it's off just, for everyone involved because Eidos Montreal and Crystal Dynamics are now just going to be free to make what they want to make instead of whatever, whatever right. uh, Square Enix wants them to make. Well, Crystal so, Dynamics. So I'm like, happy as a Deus Ex fan that we might get another Deus Ex game. Yeah, I think I think this is largely a win for every anyone who was a fan of the IP that Square Enix owned. Uh, but like Crystal Dynamics is interesting because like they were working on Avengers, but apparently they're also really they have a huge hand in like first party development from Microsoft as well, and they're helping with Perfect Dark, which I don't really know what to make of that. It's kind of strange that Microsoft's big AAA. Uh, first party game that is coming out is being worked on by multiple like large studios but uh that's no- neither here or there Th- that does remind me though um i feel like we should point out the good too like microsoft has made a pretty fair anti-nft stance recently oh yeah yeah for sure yeah. i, I want to say did playstation say something as well I don't remember if they did. So one thing they, they definitely did, haven't said anything. They're, that they are they're definitely. Saying. I think they are anti NFT because they recently announced something called like a an initiative called PlayStation Stars, and they were like earn. It was like a program where like you could earn like digital, got kind of like badges and goodies for accomplishments in games. So things oh, like no. if you're the first person in a time zone to platinum a game, you can get a specific like digital good or something like that and everyone was just like oh god does this mean nfts and then they came out in a very strong statement they were like this is not nfts at all you don't have to worry about that that's pretty cool i mean steam has something you know steam has like their badges and stuff that you can earn yeah it's all fun and harmless yeah i think that's pretty cool and honestly it got my mind thinking like maybe this is a a precursor to another like playstation home Sort yeah. of thing. Because, like, with PSVR 2 coming out, right, and now these digital, like, sort of goodies, like, it sounds like a nice fit, right? Like, if you have a PSVR PlayStation Home where you can, like, show off these badges and stuff. But, like, I digress, right? Like, so, 
PlayStation, Microsoft, like the big first parties, I think are all at least not for NFTs, if not explicitly anti-NFT. I do want to point out the elephant in the room, though the uh, the meta, uh, the meta elephant in the room. The, the metaverse. Uh, yeah, all Facebook, right. I have a meta. lot of thoughts on metaverse. They are. And- I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. We could probably do a whole episode on the metaverse, but they, Facebook, Meta, whatever. They are pretty all in on NFTs. They think yeah. that they are going to make bank selling you. They. Th- I think the metaverse is another thing these big tech companies are uh, jumping onto because they think it's something unique and different. I mean, are they really so though? Disconnected. It's just, it's just meta, meta is, right? It's meta just meta. Like meta I don't spent like cuz when Facebook, okay, so when Facebook changed their name to Meta and Zuckerberg was like, "This is what the metaverse is." And like he made this big announcement spiel, it tanked their stock, right? Like no one everyone was just like, "What is this? Why are you doing this?" to show for it yet. And it's been like 2 yeah. years. Like I mean, there's a lot of smaller companies that are hopping onto this Second Life Metaverse claim that- oh, I mean, I, I told you guys about it. I got contacted by a recruiter trying to hire me to do meta meta VR work. And like, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. It's, it's like yeah. people haven't heard of like Second Life See, or VR chat it or is any a little, of those things. So I don't know, like, I don't think NFTs as they exist today- are going to be around for much longer. I don't know if they're going to be iterated on or changed in some way that Meta makes them more palatable, but like a company like Meta, they're, you know, they're big enough to change the world, right? Like if they really wanted to. Yeah, regardless so, of what w- whether want. we want to or yeah. not, right? Like they're big they have the power to do it. So it, it remains to be seen what they end up doing with this metaverse and how NFTs end up being integrated with that, but I don't know, man. It's just kind of like hogwash right now. Like it is. And also, like, I, I do sometimes feel like that maybe they're just marketing it to a generation that has that maybe doesn't even hasn't been born yet, right? Like, a completely all VR, all AR, all digital generation, right? Maybe this stuff will make sense to them. But I don't want to like confuse my stance on things. I'm pretty pro VR and AR. I think they're really oh, cool. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, no, no. Ab- absolutely. I just think meta or yeah. the the metaverse in particular is kind of stupid. Yeah. It's but, well, um, yeah. I think the name metaverse is definitely stupid. What I would like to be able to like and you already can do this. But I would love to be able to like have a LAN party in VR and just sit and play. Yeah, like place. shared shared VR spaces. It's extremely is fun. A, is is a cool. Like, I mean, like VR chat is a thing, right? VR, like, VR chat. Fun. I love. Like, I do enjoy hanging out with people in VR chat. There's a game called Big Screen where you can just like have a LAN party, basically. Like it it streams your screen and everybody can see it, and you can see theirs, and like you can just play video games like you're all in the same room, and that's like yeah. sick. It's extremely and like, sick. When, when, VR okay, for so, social interactivity is huge. Yeah, it, it is huge. And when it's positioned as like, hey, this is a game or hey, this is an app, like that's fine. But meta is like, hey, VR is like, we're all going to be in VR forever now. <laughs> and like, this and is our future, like, right? Like, and yeah, that's the just future like that they're too painting much, is right? so hideous and bleak too. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen actual gameplay. I think it's beta still, which granted of knows. of metaverse. I yeah. have actually. Yeah. Oh, it's so hideous! It looks so bland and corporate. <laughs> it's 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 like. I mean, honestly, from what I've seen, and granted, I haven't played VR chat either. It just looked like VR chat to me. It did not look like VR chat to me. It looked 
I mean, I have played VR chat, and VR chat has like a fun element of chaos to it. And yeah, Meta will never allow that. Like that's what makes VR chat fun is that element of just pure unadulterated chaos. Yeah, I, I haven't played a ton of VR chat, but I, I have just walked around in it a few times. Yeah, I've hung out with people in VR chat. Yeah, like peak pandemic, I went to a music festival in VR chat. Isn't VR chat that's how crazy you monitor? Yeah, it's VR chat is how I broke my monitor. Yeah, I was cooking. Yep. We just got to get those Omni treadmills out there, and then we will. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was talking to somebody. The price on those has like really gone down. Apparently, you can get them for like two grand now. That's like well within the budget of like. I mean, if you're all in on VR, yeah. I guess right. Like that makes sense. Yeah, but like I don't know, man. Like I mean, do games support that yet? I don't know. I have no idea. Like probably as like an input. I bet I mean, VRChat does. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's coming. Either way, it's coming. Yeah. I, I, I have a... I bet you can just translate the movement from that to joystick input. That wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. That's probably a pretty simple translation. Mm-hmm. So any game that supports joystick input could probably work with an Omni treadmill. Yeah. More than likely. So what what is meta planning for NFTs? Do you know? Like, I mean, do do we know in general? Like, they're definitely they said- they're not just looking into NFTs. Uh, the recruiter I was getting uh, pestered by was uh, trying to hire me to make play to earn games, which are games where you play, just, and uh, the idea is you would earn an NFT and then you can sell the NFT to make money. I think the the other will- I've also seen the concept for play to earn, where basically like while you're playing the game, your computer is mining crypto in the background, and so like you are generating money both for yourself and for the developer of that game while you play it. And that's terrible and stupid as well. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Weird times we live in, man. Because both of those just encourage, like, addictive game design, which is yeah. pretty malicious a lot of the time. <laughs> just dopamine yeah. hits for nothing. And Hey, I do like my dopamine. Yeah, I mean... That's, that's what's so messed up about loot crates, is that deep down, I do love opening them. <laughs> I mean, they're designed. They're designed to give you that hit, right? Yeah, like, they're they, designed to and like they do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sounds like we're wrapping up this discussion. Do you guys have any final thoughts on NFT or no Metaverse? Thanks. Yeah, thumbs down. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. All right. Let's get into what we've been playing. Uh, uh, I can. Oh, do you want to go first, Connor? I do kind of want to go first. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. I. Uh... A game called Omori was added to Game Pass recently. Uh, have you two ever heard of it? No. I feel like I've heard of the name. It, I, f- I feel like you've probably heard of it, Mike. It's, uh, it's an RPG that, like, it definitely, like, draws inspiration from Earthbound in the same way that, like, Undertale does. So, like, every other Earthbound-like? Yeah, but it's, uh, and it, it was, it was... It was a Kickstarter game, I think, and I thought it was gonna, like, people thought it was gonna be vaporware for a really long time. It took forever to come out. This game is nuts. It is emotionally devastating. Like, I can't, like, it is so messed up. I can't believe that they put it on Game Pass. Like, what kind of game is it? Like, what genre? It's horror, I guess, is what I would put it as. It's Mm -hmm. a horror RPG. And, uh, it's it's i'm trying to think of how to explain it it's it's a video game about how different people cope with trauma 
So it sounds heavy. It starts out you're playing as Omori, which is uh the end of I think it's Kikikomori. It's a Japanese word that is someone who has basically totally detached from society and just sits I, in their yeah, room. Yeah, Kikikomori. Yeah, that's a that's a fascinating phenomenon. It, this game is it's about particularly in Japan, right? You play as a character called Omori, which is a who is a Kikikomori. And they have totally retreated into their head, uh, a place called White Space. And you leave White Space early on and you enter what's called Head Space, which is like this fantastical world that is clearly like modeled after your hometown, but a fantastical version of it. Mm-hmm. And you are walking around with your childhood friends and you have all this fun and stuff. And your sister is there and these two brothers are hanging out with you. You're uh, a little girl you're friends with and a guy and you're hanging out and it's a bunch of fun and you get into like childhood fantasy fight antics and stuff. And that's where the RPG system is. And uh, it's like giving you like little hints that something is going to happen that is kind of something wild. Something isn't right. And then you go over to one of your friend's houses in the game and you're looking through a photo album and it's really fun. All these pictures are cute and it's all your friends hanging out. And then one of your friends finds another picture and they're like, wait a minute, this picture looks really familiar, but this person and their eyes like get really red and big and scary. And like this person is, and then it cuts back to white space and you're like trapped in your head again. And it's, it's just an extremely dark game. Like I, I genuinely have a hard time recommending this game to anyone Mm. because it, it puts you in a pretty dark place and it's like 14 hours long. Wow. And it's, like, pretty heavy throughout. Like, the fantasy parts, it has, like, it'll go, like, two or three hours at a time where you're adventuring this fun fantasy world, and it doesn't bring up the horror literally at all. And then it'll all of a sudden come back, and you have to deal with it. You'll turn up the horror. I like games like that. It's extremely good. Like, it is an absolute masterpiece. It definitely drags in some points. Like, there are... There are parts of the game where I was like, all right, I'm interested in like the actual horror story side of this. Can we please get back to that? And it drags on for a really long time. It's it's masterful in suspense because very few games I've played where I was thinking like, I, I had the thought like, oh, I can see where this is going. Come on, get on with it. And then an hour later, I'll be thinking, oh my God, I can see where this is going. Please don't do this to me. <laughs> like... Where the the suspense is so thick and you know exactly what's going to happen and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And it's like edge of your seat. Horrific. It's very good. It sounds very interesting. Yeah. It's extremely good. But I do like if if you want to play it, do look at the content warnings and stuff because it has some extremely messed up imagery and stuff in it. It's I cannot believe like the official Xbox Game Pass account posted on Twitter They posted a tweet that was like, wow, can't wait to play this fun and uplifting RPG. And it was a screenshot from Omori. And I was, I don't even think that it was okay to joke about that. Yeah, that's that's pretty insane. It would not, if I had picked up this game thinking it was going to be a happy game, I would have not had a good time at all. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, this is definitely, this is on my list. It looks very interesting. It's, yeah, it's super good. But oh my god, and it like, it's just, I never, I never quite knew what was going to happen, like, as far as, like, overarching story. Like, it was really good with suspense and uh, just, just everything. I will say it has multiple, like, routes that you can do, sort of like Undertale does. 
Like there's there's a Hikikomori route where you like a, at some point you wake up and you're like in the real world and you can leave your house or you yeah. cannot. And that's like the main route split between the Hikikomori. I literally can't imagine playing this game a second time. I don't think I could put myself through it. <laughs> it was wow. <laughs> it's not a fun game per se. No, granted, the combat's pretty fun. It has this really cool combat system where um, the emotional state of your heroes is like their element. So like, it's a uh, happy beats angry, angry beats sad, sad beats angry. So it's like a rock paper scissors thing, and you can do certain things to make your characters happy, sad, or angry to affect how much they're damaging opponents that are happy, sad, or angry. And you can also affect the emotional state of your opponents. And that combat system, it starts really bad because you don't have a lot of options. But by the end of the game, I felt like I was pulling off. It was actually like impressively interesting turn-based combat that I was having a good time with. But uh, the combat in the early game is really boring and I had to grind at one point. And this is definitely a game that is hurt by having to grind because it really takes you out of the emotional journey you're going on. Makes sense. But it's extremely, it's, it's, what a game. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. I, if, if it is something that interests you, I do recommend you not get spoiled on it because I think every twist and turn is like worth experiencing if you're interested in that. Yeah, I'm going to play this at some point. Sounds very, doesn't sound like there's much else like it. No, I, I definitely, it may like, if you've played Undertale and you like know how happy you feel at the end of Undertale, like when you get the uh, like the no the no violence ending or whatever it's called, like the the feeling of triumph you feel. If you can imagine the exact opposite of that feeling, that is what Omori will make you feel. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> like it's very bad. <laughs> Cathartic is the best, I guess, the word I would use. Yeah, you've definitely piqued my interest. Yeah, that's all I have to say about Omori. I think I don't want to spoil anything about it, but I started it on like last Friday and I had to play it all the way through. Like it was one of those games where I was like towards the end of it at like 1 a.m. or something on a Saturday night and I really wanted to go to bed, but I genuinely thought if I turn this game off, I will not be able to come back to it. So I had to finish it. Yeah, it was one of those games. Yeah. Because it was like just so, like it just felt like pushing against your instinct to keep going because you did not want to see what happens next. No, I love that, man. I love yeah. it when a game makes me feel like that. Like yeah. obviously it feels bad, but like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's, so. It's, it's, it's incredible to feel that way about anything. Yeah, really. I don't get affected by horror very much. Like it, I, I'm not, I don't know, horror media just doesn't get to me that much. And this did like it's pretty rare that i'm left thinking about something like that for a long time afterwards and omori had me definitely having trouble sleeping that night wow god so that's mine yeah well (laughs) uh i guess i have two so uh i guess i can go then mike can go and i can go Uh, i have i think a short one and then like a long form one okay um, Actually, I have like three, but one of them is very short. Okay. Uh, I just really wanted to quickly... This this just popped up on my phone and it's incredibly relevant because we were just talking about NFTs. So, GameStop being the classy company they are, have uh, released a 9-11 victim NFT. 
which you're kidding me i don't know in what universe anyone would sign off on that as a good idea but uh yeah nfts everybody that's insane what are they thinking it's like what about are they it's doing? like an nft of like a man falling out of the tower it's just like so messed oh up. oh my god i saw that i didn't realize that was a 9-11 thing yeah oh my god okay well um anyways so i i have a short one and a longer one too so my short one will be maple story Oh, so yeah. I have made my, and I guess, quarter qu- quarterly pilgrimage to the trash heap that is MapleStory. <laughs> but um, so the reason I came back this time is because they did a massive revamp of the Explorer classes. And for those who don't know, the Explorers are the core classes of MapleStory, the first classes the that were available yeah. when the game came out. So that's Warrior, Bowman, Magician, Thief, and Pirate, right? So they did a, a revamp of all. All of those, I said magician, right? Anyway, I don't know. But um, they did a revamp of all of those. All the animations for all their skills have been updated to be more congruent with like the modern art and stuff like that. Is and it good? as like the skills have been rebalanced and stuff, and it's very good. Yeah, like it's I, I like it quite a bit. I made a pirate, uh, specifically a corsair, and I had a lot of fun just leveling that guy up. Did you get to max level? Oh God, <laughs> you. You realize to get to max level, that would take probably years of play. Really? I thought they made yeah, it pretty max easy to get level? To max level you, now. 200 is not max level, by the way. Not oh. anymore. Yeah. There's a whole fifth job that goes past 200. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Yes. You get to fifth job when you get to 200. And in some ways, that's when the game like actually starts, which is yeah, kind of wild to say. Yeah. But, um... No, I, I think I leveled my pirate to like 170 or something. But you know, like the, you know, so half just yeah, yeah, basically. But like the, that's just my relationship with Maple Story. Every like three four months, come back, play for it's like a addiction. day or two, and then yeah. like uninstall it. I you can't know? believe you didn't text me. I'd have been there. Ah oh, man, maybe I can make another one. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I I saw like I don't know like every now and then I just check the website. Anything interesting happening? Nope. Okay. Then don't think about it again for several more months. But this time when I checked, saw that there was an Explorer revamp, which is very interesting to me, right? Because that, like, plays on my nostalgia as well, right? Because, like, the Explorers are, like, what I remember MapleStory to be. Yeah. But I've really... never... I've only ever played as an Explorer and a Cygnus Knight. I don't think I've ever even played the others. Yeah. So, Cygnus Knight is, like, everything after that is, like, new MapleStory, to me at least. Cygnus but, like, Knights one... are just baby mode Explorers, basically. Yeah, but I think they've dis- differentiated them enough to, like, kind of be their own classes now. They which definitely is, have, like, a story, their own, which is Yeah, and, uh, well, getting into that, one thing I really found incredibly annoying is now that the explorers are chock full of unskippable cutscenes and dialogue uh, for the first, like, 30 levels or something like that. That's miserable. So, like, you can't Dude. even job advance without doing a bunch of inane quests, which really kind of hampers the explorer experience. Because, like, every all these other classes were, like, all based off, like, yeah, they Maple Story lore yeah. and, like, they incorporated their stories into the, no, the, the overall. The cool part about Explorer was that it was the most open to Right. It was just, like, some, you yeah. were just, like, a guy who's exploring the world. But now you're part of some, like you actually encountered the black mage when you were a child and like they kind of ruined uh, everything. Uh, yeah, it's really dumb. 
That's um, really lame. Yeah. But yeah, I just kind of hit enter as quickly as I can anytime dialogue came up. I really hate chosen because it was just and it was just MMOs. too much. It was just way too much. Like even if it was just a little bit, maybe that would have been okay, but they like crammed a bunch of unskippable nonsense into this. I just wanted to play the game. Yeah. So that was annoying. <laughs> so in that sense, maybe they've made the explorers worse, but in terms of the actual like mechanics and playing them, they've they've they're they've never been more fun to play, which is I guess a good thing. As long as they don't revamp the music, I'm still down to clown. The music is still the music, man. Like the that music I God tier. Aline- S tier like Missing You, I think is the song. The Alinea theme song. That doo doo I can't hum it, it's yeah. too fast. Yeah, I, like, I know what you mean. Oh my god. It tugs at the heartstrings. It's really it's just really good, man. It's and like Lith Harbor, the it's first some time of the you hear like, that banger, like hot take. Maple Story has some of the best like ambient tracks. Maple Story in might any be game, the second in best any game. soundtrack of any game I've ever played. First it's, being it's Outer Wilds, shockingly good, and also like Henesis, man, just like the upbeat, cheery oh music there. Yeah. Like you just kind of want to hang out there, you know. And like I think Ludibrium is one of the most fun locations in any game ever. In the the Toyland, yeah, yeah. I just like just looking at it makes me happy. It's so fun. And, like, it's neat. Like, Ludibrium is, like... For those who haven't played MapleStory, Ludibrium is this area where it's, like, the surface is, like, a big toy area. But in the middle of town, there's a dungeon you can go into. And also, on the left and right sides, there are these towers you can go down. And any of those three ways, you can descend to the next area. But they're, like, different difficulties. Like, the towers are easier. The central dungeon is actually really hard. And it's like a dark underbelly of this toy world. Yeah, it's like so. And then one tower leads to like the Korean folk town or something, and one tower leads to the Omega Sector, which is like yeah, a place taken over by aliens, like sectioned off by the government. I don't know. It's just like the 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 world of Maple Story is interesting. It's it's really interesting. And something I love about Maple Story is that like when you first play it, there are a couple of times where you think the only way to get between two locations is to like take a fast travel or something like a like a boat or a warp or something but then you find out later that there's literally like a world under the ocean and you can walk if you want to to yeah. get between I love that about old places. maple story. Yeah. Like I, you know, like nowadays this wouldn't fly, but I loved making the journey, right? Like yeah. I made that journey so many times when I was a kid, right? Oh, like it was so the fun. journey from like Orbis un- un- underneath the ocean all the way to Ludibrium, Dude, right? Like I've even done just I like to Sleepywood was like nuts for me the first yeah. time. That's the the dungeon on uh victoria island yeah and nowadays everything's just like a portal away which yeah. is which is not as they cool, also man. used like, to have hidden portals like that didn't have like like there would be a part in the bushes and you like there was no there are portals on the like that usually take you between maps and maple story but there were hidden portals that didn't have the same signifiers that the others had and it felt so rewarding to find those, and you would find these cool areas, and now they've, like, replaced all of those with just normal Yeah, things. man, like, that was part of the charm of Maple Story, like, just the exploration part. Yeah. Right, and that really isn't a big focus anymore, which is a shame, but... No, that's... I guess you could always hop on, like, an old-school Maple Story server That That is, like, the problem that, with these but... live service games, though, is that, like, the Maple Story that I fell in love with doesn't really exist anymore. It doesn't, yeah. Like, I hate the new... The, or victoria island is like the first like there's maple island which is the tutorial and you leave that and you go to victoria island which is where you get your first class upgrade and stuff and victoria island used to be this big circuit 
Yeah, and it's it was a great map. Like, yeah. and it was filled with like these really interesting, distinct towns that had their own sort of vibe, their own culture, right? Like, Perion was like in in the mountains, and it was like kind of like inspired by like, uh, like Native American yeah. sort of aesthetics, and like Elenio was in the forest, and there and were magicians was and stuff City, there. Turning like City Detroit. was like, <laughs> it, it was basically just like a rundown. It was like the slums and like. But like even Kern- like Kerning City was like a great nice, map yeah. too. Like it, it was, had a map or it had a mall, it had a subway, it had all this cool stuff. It wasn't just a Yeah, it was city. no, it was great. Yeah. And then and like, like Hennesis was like the little village where like everyone always everyone gathered went to Hennesis. Yeah, cuz it was and, like and, a central point. And then the pirates got added afterwards. So Nautilus and is kind of like an afterthought. Nautilus was like, just kind of tacked onto the side of yeah. Hennesis. But but, but the four core good. maps are just all brilliant. Yeah. And then they did something called the Big Bang update where they took this brilliant like circuit around like like you could do laps around Victoria Island in the old days. And yeah. they took it and they're like, "Ah, but it's too hard for new players to get to areas, I guess." And they made it so that it's more of a like you go to a central point early on and all the areas are spokes off of that, which is just less interesting to me. Yeah. It's a much less interesting map design. It is. It yeah. doesn't feel like an adventure. It feels like an amusement park. And, and then when you, like, take the boat to Orbis for the first time and you have to, like, stay huddled inside because oh the, ball, yeah. <laughs> the balrogs are outside. <laughs> they and, took like, that out, didn't they? I Yeah, they took it out. Yeah, that was, uh, oh my god, I got yeah. got the first time. I didn't know it was coming. I was yeah. sitting on my chair. And it was, was like a long a, flight. It was like a 10-minute flight, I know, too, right? Like, you actually had to wait for the boat, and then you actually had to travel on, the like, the flying boat I for, like, 10-plus minutes. Wait, like, and it's so, <laughs> like... Such a waste of time, but I loved that it as a kid, so right? Long. Like, you felt like you were actually doing something. I made friends doing that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, it took me so long. I remember it. It was, like, my first journey to Orbis took, like, 40 minutes, and my, I was an idiot kid. I didn't have any money to get back. <laughs> and you were just stuck in Orbis. I was stuck begging in Orbis. <laughs> you just <laughs> became a beggar on the streets of Orbis. <laughs> so I got enough money to come back. Uh, that's so funny. Oh. But, you know, Orbis was like a whole other <laughs> continent. And it was like, so, it was, when I first got there, it was like, oh my god, it's a whole new land to explore. Yeah, it felt like a whole new game. And like, yeah. there was like this, like, like these maps, like above the clouds and stuff. And you go down Orbis Tower and you reach the snowy city of El Nath. And like, I don't know, man, like, th- there, there's a lot of good about the world of maple story and just talking about it is making me very nostalgic me too and i i like the events too like some of them are fun like they what i like about maple story is that the world is so nonsensical to begin with that they can just put anything in it like i mean it is sort of a blank canvas right yeah like like it doesn't feel bad that they've put a bunch of robots in the game now and like aliens and stuff like that's just like fine. Like it's Maple Store, you can do whatever. Yeah, I remember when I, w- I this had to be like 2008 or something. There was a Fourth of July event, and everybody like you could get like an American flag that was a sword, and that was just all I remember that used. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, and I remember the Independence Day hat. Remember that? Oh my God! Yeah, and just everybody had it. And like, or at least at low levels, because it was actually a pretty good item for low level, because it had such yeah. a wide level range, but pretty good stats. God, yeah, man, I miss, I miss what Maple Story used to be. Yeah, me too. That game used to be so much. It, it was just nuts how much fun. Yeah, it. and I like, I did put money into Maple Story at some point. Uh, I used to like beg my parents for NX cash, but you didn't really need like, it. Like you, could you have didn't a lot need of fun it, but like game without any. 
I don't know. I really wanted a pet penguin, man. Like, I yeah, really I wanted one. I, yeah. I got a pet. Yeah. I got a pet and a haircut. That was what I spent my money on, yeah. I think. So it was. Stupid. I had leftover because I, I actually spent a ton of money on Mabinogi, and I remember I had some mm-hmm. pocket change leftover that wasn't enough to buy anything in Mabinogi, so I spent it in Maple Story, and was able to get like a pet and some. Oh, Maple Story! Yeah. Oh, Maple. See, that's Story. the thing. Like, even though like I'm not too big of a fan of what it's become, the nostalgia hooks are in me so strong. I don't think I'll ever fully quit Maple Story. Like, every once in a while, I'll come back. You know. No, like, I mean I saw Oni plays did a couple of videos on Maple Story recently, and there was just no way I wasn't going to click that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it got me when I was young. It, it yeah, me too. It those commercials like they had like a commercial where somebody was slapping somebody with a fish or something. I was immediately drawn in. <laughs> no, I was like, I mean, like I think I've said this before in the podcast, but I went over to my friend's house and I saw like. My friend pay- playing Maple Story and just like killing snails and picking up coins and shells. And I was like, this is the greatest game I've this ever is seen. The single and I need to game. play this. Yeah. I got so many of my friends in trouble because I got a lot of my friends into Maple Story. And then their parents found out that they were playing an MMO. And like online game hysteria was still like Xbox Live oh, wasn't yeah. really a thing yet. So like. I, that was. My parents were deep into online game hysteria. Yeah. So I had some friends like. They wouldn't allow me on the internet until I was yeah. like, I mean, to an extent, I well, sort of, I sort of get it, right? Like, I if you're like think eight you years old and you're on an like, MMO, like just unfiltered access to an MMO is just kind of sketchy. Yeah. yeah, but I, I remember, like, I would, I would play with my friend Jordan, and he would call me my real name sometimes, and I'd be like, "What are you doing, <laughs> dude? That's, what are you?" Not what a cool See, now, know, if they know my name is Connor, they're gonna come kidnap me off the plane. Dude, honestly, See, I, I, now I had, I had like, that fear. I ha- had that fear too when I played it in MMOs. I was like, I never want to say my real name because people will be able to track me or whatever. Yeah. See, I'm I like, still had that fear up when I started streaming, but I'm like, ah, why not? I had that. That's like last time I played Maple Story, I named my character my friend Brock's full first and last name. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. that's rude. It's just stupid. And it's what I sent him a Snapchat of it. And I just think it's one of the funniest things I've ever done. It's like your ex character is like his cell phone number or something. Yeah, it's his social. <laughs> Doxing him. His credit card number. Last four digits of his social. Yeah. His address. <laughs> That's really funny. His mom's We've name gone name. from don't put your, put your name on the internet to dox your friends on the internet because yeah. it's funny. <laughs> This oh, is the equivalent God. of me not talking to people in high school because I thought it was funny because they get so angry about it. He doesn't have a common <laughs> name either. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just going to do that to my uh, brother-in-law. And flame people. <laughs> Everyone's going to think I'm Welsh. No. <laughs> Man, okay, so Maple Story was supposed to be my short and sweet one, but, no, but it just sort of that. spiraled into a... yeah. You forget like, but, that Connor is here. Yeah, I don't know. Like every, we got to pay taxes, right? Every three or four months, we got to talk about Maple Story. So there you have. Yeah, it. you talk about Maple Story more than I talk about Warframe. That's not true. It's I'm, I mean, if you add it up, maybe it might be true. But I haven't talked about Warframe in a hot minute. Speaking of that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you want to go now, Mike? Yeah. So my short one is uh, I bought uh, Todd Howard did it again. Oh yeah, Skyrim VR. Yeah, Skyrim VR. And Todd Howard did Wait, it again. What? Skyrim VR was already a thing, right? Yeah, yeah but I bought Skyrim VR. Oh, you bought? Oh, okay. Playing okay. it. Yeah. You talked about it a while ago, but I never played it before, and I've yeah, modded it up. It's pretty fun, right? I spent like thirty minutes trying to throw a hammer at bandits. Yeah. 
Yeah, I and don't like Skyrim VR. I liked it, it, like, the novelty when I played it at Amatels the first time. I will say it feels a lot better when it's, like, super modded. I don't think I could play vanilla Skyrim. Yeah, I... Because at least with the mods, I can, like... It has kinematics, so I can, like, grab people and throw them. Yeah, the the That's only cool. problem I think I really had with it is that it was, like, $40, right, for Skyrim yeah. VR? And it's just Skyrim again. It's just Skyrim, yeah. It really yeah, just- did not, like... It's still, like, Skyrim has a lot of menus, and menus in VR are the worst. There was, like, a novelty, though. Like, like Oh, for sure, because it was, like, one of the playing first Playing Skyrim in VR for the yeah. first time was a, was just pure magic. You, it, like, it was unbelievable, almost. But then, like, me play it after an hour minutes, or two, the magic wears off. Yeah. yeah, I played it at your house, and it was just the combat, just the running around adventuring, and I was like, this is incredible, I have to buy this. And I did, and when I played it at my house... Suddenly, I had to do a character creator, and I was like, "Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever played in my entire life." <laughs> yeah, it was. Th- that's a that's a huge exaggeration. It's actually pretty fun, but the menus it's, it's are okay. bad. I, I want, are there mods for that? Like, are there mods to make like blacksmithing fun and stuff? Oh, there's mods for everything. I think I have it modded to where I can throw weapons. Like if like some of the menus uh, were made immersive, I think it would actually yes, be. Yes, like, I actually have one where it's like a spell wheel. Okay, yeah, that would so that I can, would do like, a lot. Choose what weapon I have equipped and what hand. That's generally. good. That's kind of huge. Yeah, like even if it like like if I was gonna do a VR Skyrim, I would like instead of an inventory, like when you hit the the inventory button, you would just be put into like a bag of holding, like a room. That has all your stuff in it that you can see with your eyes and like move around as physics objects. That would be insanely, like that would solve that problem. That'd be so much better. Yeah, should make that mod. But that like if I'm making a VR RPG, that's the kind of stuff like I'm gonna think about. And obviously, Skyrim wasn't made with VR in mind, so it doesn't have that sort of thing. At least I have Sky UI for Skyrim VR. But just yeah. imagine like a proper like Skyrim sized VR RPG that was built for the ground up for VR. Like yeah. th- just the level of immersion that would give you, like ah oh, man, the game I, I would think of is I would Fable be 3. so into that. Yeah, Fable three, like Fable that, 3 like, VR immersive <laughs> pause menu. Where yeah, you, like when you paused, you like went back to that base. Yeah, you'd or go to I like think, your sanctum or whatever. I think that would translate to VR extraordinarily well. Yeah, I mean, I I think something like that is coming. Obviously, like these kind of experiences are we're getting close. Do I we think, know if um to having something like that? Starfield is going to support VR at launch. I don't. It seems think like it'd so. be such a like they would have. They would have said it by now. I think. Yeah, yeah, they, they would have said something about it. That would have been in their marketing. Plus, like micro again, Microsoft's not too gung ho on VR, so I don't know. No, like, they're not. Which is wild because they have Windows Mixed Reality, especially with Bethesda, right? Like their games would translate so well to VR if like they were actually like. Yeah, if they if they had that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think I I do have a quite a slightly longer one. Because I've been playing Vampire Survivors. Okay. Yeah, like, you mentioned like that. It. You mentioned that last time. And I think you mentioned it a couple times now. And each time you mention it, you say you like it more, right? No. Or no, I'm thinking of a different Vampire game, Survivors. right? I think, think I've mentioned. V Rising. Yeah, I think I've V Rising. Yeah, yeah. I guess I could lump Vampire Survivors and Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines into one game, despite it being like a faux pas or whatever. Aren't those, like, vastly different games? They are vastly different. That's why I'm linking them together. Okay. <laughs> All right. You've got my... Um, you've piqued my interest. Keep but, going. like, Vampire Survivors, it's so simplistic because it's a roguelite-esque. Yeah. At, like, each ma- each round lasts, like, 30 minutes or something like that. 
Like, it's not that long. I think it hard kills you at 30 minutes, but you just walk around slaying enemies, and it's like seven bucks now? So it's it's worthwhile. Oh, okay, I just yeah. looked it up. Vamp- I know, yeah, I saw NL play this game. This game looks very fun. Oh, it nice. is. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, Northern Lion played it for a long time. Uh, it, it was just a big stream game for a bit. It's also on Game Pass. Yeah. And it's dirt, it's dirt cheap, and it's well worth the entertainment. I've already gotten a couple hours of entertainment out of so it. So you basically just, like, you just try to survive hordes of enemies, right? As yep. you, like, upgrade and stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's a roguelike, so, like, each run is totally different. Oh, each run, they all follow the same pattern on each map. Like, it starts off with bats, and then it just kind of escalates Well, I there. mean, like, the, the power-ups are different. Yeah. Right, yeah. like, it's random power-ups. I think the levels not being random is what adds to it. Yeah, I mean, the levels are basically just open spaces, right? You're just trying to, like, dodge enemies and, like, pick up experience and power-ups and stuff. But, yeah. No, no, I definitely, I dug this game when I saw it. Yeah, it's very fun. It's what I've been playing in the background, I will say. But it's, I I enjoy it a lot. And, uh... (laughs) I, I don't have much. It's, I have a lot of short games to talk about. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Great RPG. Would recommend. Kind of jank. Still looks good for a 2004 game. A lot of vampire stuff these days. Yeah. yeah I, I don't have know. you uh, exited your, your playing phase and entered your, your vampire phase? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess I've entered the vampire phase. Mike is in his vampire arc. Oh, God. <laughs> Make it stop. No, I, the last game I'm going to talk about is not vampire-related, thankfully, but I'm going to give everyone else the turn to talk about things. Okay, yeah, I can go, or unless, Connor, you have another one. I've been playing Risk of Rain 2. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about it. It's really fun. Um, it is very fun. I don't know if I necessarily like it as a roguelike. Like, there are random items and stuff in it. But I just, it doesn't really scratch the same itch that something like Noita or Spelunky scratches for me. It feels more arcadey, where like, basically I'm going to pick up every item I find and last as long as I can and I die when I die. But it's really fun. Like, all the different classes are extremely fun so far, except for the Commando, uh, which is like the first one you get. And it's like the most generic shooter-y guy. But uh, the one I've been really enjoying is Bandit, which is a guy, he's got a shotgun, a revolver, and he can turn invisible for a bit. And uh, if uh, what I like about him is if you're behind an enemy, you can crit them. And there are a couple items in the game that just like super stack your crit damage. And it almost gives me the same dopamine rush Noita gives me when you like find find a, find out how to make a wand that is going to crit on every hit. And you can do like a million damage per second or whatever. It, it's kind of scratching that same itch for me. It's really fun. It's also um, four player co-op, which... And yes. I think there are mods to make it more than four-player co-op, which is also fun. And I've been having... I, I keep hearing good things about this game. It's a, it's a really good time. I The only reason I hadn't played it before is because I thought I'd kind of missed the boat, and then it was, like, only going to be fun multiplayer. I, one, I didn't miss the boat. I still have some friends playing it. And two, um, it's not that bad as a single-player game. Like, just put some music on and, you know, shoot hordes and hordes of enemies. And in that way, like, in the single-player mode, it almost feels like... A little doom eternally because you're like really just tearing through these hordes of enemies and it feels really good uh my only complaint is that i have i it's pretty often that i die in it's a 3d game so that's kind of novel for a roguelike and uh 
as a result of that, occasionally I get killed and I do not know what killed me. And that's not super fun. But usually I've had fun for like 40 minutes by then, so I'm really not complaining. I, I had my fun for 40 minutes and then my fun was over. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like it. Nice. So, my other game is... <clears throat> sorry. My other game is Stray. I don't oh, know I if you guys have of heard too. of I'm just not fond Stray. Of Cyberpunk Cat, let's go. Yeah, this... Yeah. I love this little game. It's extremely um, good. So this is a game by published by Annapurna, right? Yeah, same guys um, that published uh, Outer Wilds for those keeping score. Yeah, and uh, you play as this little cute little orange stray cat. No, it's just it's not like a talking cat or it's just a cat, right? And the premise of the game, without giving too much away, is that uh, you're this stray cat. Um, it looks like. You're in, in an abandoned area of the world. You don't know what quite has happened. Maybe some sort of apocalyptic event or something. And you're with like a pack of other cats. And something happens, you get separated, and you fall into this giant hole, basically. And when you start exploring, you find yourself in like this weird sort of dilapidated cyberpunk-esque city. Like deep underground populated by robots and so without giving too much away of the story right you're sort of like inferring like okay so like maybe something happened to humanity and like this was like a refuge or something but you play as this stray cat and you explore this cyberpunk setting and it's really really fun um i think so there are aspects about this game that are better than others right like Technically, it's a platformer, right? But you don't, it's not like a skill based platformer, right? You just like, you just hit X to jump up to a ledge. You don't have to like time your jump or anything. It, it feels right? more like an evolution of a point and click game, really. Like, right. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's a good description. But like, it's an adventure there, game. Yeah. There are these uh, elements of the game that are like stealth or something or that you're running away from something. I think those elements are generally weaker. Than the parts that you're just exploring, right? Like if this was just like I, I think you're weaker. a cat and I you explore in the game. Yeah, I, I do agree that they're weaker. I don't think they're bad though. Like I wasn't frustrated. No, I, I yeah, no, no. Like I think I think the beautiful thing about this game, and I I'm like almost done with it. I'm pretty sure, right? And it, like I've only put like five hours into it. It's it's a pretty short game, and I've been like exploring a lot, right? So like I imagine like you play games at a faster clip, Connor. You're gonna finish it within like probably three or four hours. I wouldn't, I've been playing it with someone else, so I would not be so sure. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think the, uh, I love the, like, exploration elements of the game so much. Like, if you, like, just doing cat things as a cat oh, around, yeah. in, like, in the setting. Every time like, you see a wall, you can scratch. I got it. Yeah, get in scratching there. a wall, taking little naps on, like, cushions and stuff. The like, little, rubbing, like, rubbing up against people's legs to, to, like, to show affection and stuff. The little walk you do when you first get the little vest on. <laughs> yeah, the little... It's so cute, man. It's very good. It's, uh... And, like, they just totally nailed, like, controlling a cat and, like, having that feel like a cat and also look super cute Yeah, and realistic. Like, they just nailed controlling this cat. Uh, did, did you see, um, the voice actor that played the cat in Stray? Is a cat named Lala. They posted pictures of them. I was gonna say it was like it had to have been a cat, right? It was a cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so cute. Like you have a there's a meow button. There's yeah. a dedicated meow button. Meow. Yeah. Yeah, but it is interesting. Like if you me meow at certain things, they respond. Yeah. Like if you me meow at some lights, they maybe blink. 
in a certain way or if you meow out a camera it like nods at you which is really cool. and like some of the enemies will get drawn to you yes yeah and um but yeah I, I just love the exploratory elements of this game so much each time you go to a new sort of like hub area it's so like because like obviously this is all like a this is all like i like i said it's like a cyberpunk kind of rundown setting like there's so many like alleyways and like nooks and crannies to explore I feel like they just packed a lot to see in in like a tiny amount of space, which is which is which is good, especially because you're a cat, right? Like, so you can generally explore things like things that normal sized protagonists wouldn't be able to explore. Like, you can crawl into little holes or like jump on top of bookshelves and find like hidden things there and stuff like that. So, definitely intelligently designed from the perspective of like exploring as a cat which i which i find really good um the and like like you said like there are stealth elements and like running elements and stuff where you're running away with from things and while those aren't as fun as the exploring things they don't outstay their welcome right like everything in this game moves at such a fast pace you don't have a chance to like really get tired of something before you move before you move on to the next thing which I appreciate, right? Like, so this is like the perfect sort of like bite-sized game, which which uh, we don't really get a lot of like bite-sized games with like this kind of production value because I feel like this is a very, this is a gorgeous game, right? Like, so it's, it's really pretty to look at, like the the art style and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, not like, I wouldn't say hyper-realistic, but it's real enough that like, if I didn't know it was an indie game, I might have been surprised by that. Right, yeah. That's kind of what I was trying to say. Yeah. But uh yeah, I've been I've been really enjoying it and uh I think I'm almost done with it. Like uh I I think I only have like one sort of level left. But um uh, really cute game. Obviously if you're a fan of cats and a fan of video games, you kind of have to play this. It's like the perfect game for that yeah. sort of overlap or if you're a fan of cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you didn't like cyber, wide, Cyberpunk 2077, this is wide this is genre appeal. I like. Yeah. You like yeah, games? Think, play it. I also like want to point out that like this game's kind of been a masterclass in marketing as well. Like, oh yeah, the, this game is everywhere. Like yeah. it, it, it went mainstream. <laughs> and yeah, which Annapurna is like obviously like if if anything can has the power to go mainstream, it's cats. Let's be real, right? Like I just so like say, like Annapurna is kind of a powerhouse publisher for me right now. They've only oh they make great they only make great games no they did make twelve minutes oh yeah is that, that the one with uh, Defoe and yeah and that game's terrible okay yeah yeah <laughs> but they they you, you really hated that game at the I, very would, least you you made, hate it so much it kind of makes me want to play it just to see why you hated that I gen- yeah you should I I think it is worth like if you have Game Pass it's worth taking a look at but it is so bad I don't think you'll make it through it like knowing how bad it is um, that's funny. But it, it is genuinely, like, 12 minutes is bad, but it is at least interesting, if that if that makes sense. So, Annapurna is, like, they've, they've not had a game release since I discovered them that didn't at least pique my interest in a big way. Yeah. Outer Wilds is still the best one, obviously, but... My, my only complaint is that they can't keep their merch in stock. I, they, there's this, like, Outer Wilds Ventures patch that I want to buy so bad, and it's never in stock for more than, like, an hour. Wow. Yeah, and it's only been restocked like twice since I've played the game, so. And I just want to add, right, like, so this is one of those games 
that was added to PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium, right? So if you have one of the two higher tiers, I believe, you get this game for free. So that's how I got this game. I've been playing it on PS5, and it's been loving it. Yeah, I I paid my my $30 on Steam. Because I thought it yeah. was worth it for the cute little kitty. No, it's definitely worth $30 for sure. But I, it definitely, like, you know, getting this into the hands of a lot of people um, yeah, by being on call. PlayStation, right? Like, this, and like that only fed the marketing machine even more. So, this is a game that pretty much everyone has heard about. Like, even my little sister, my, my smallest sister, who doesn't play video games at all. Oh, this game's asked, huge on TikTok and stuff. Yeah, yeah, asked me about this game. Like, like so, like, this, this has gone mainstream. <sighs> No, uh, Most really people cool. are calling yeah. it the cat game, it seems like, but I mean it is, right? Like, I, I bet if another I one the cat game right now, Stray is what would come up. Yeah. Great game. Really yeah. big fan. Uh Mike, you have you want to close this out? Alright. My last one is actually Killer Queen. Oh, I think we talked yeah, about it on too. the show before. Because yeah. since ever since Starport opened. Ah, it's weird I haven't run into you at Starport yet. Me and uh, I have, Abby I'm going oh, man. Yeah. Go. I'm going there to go so bad, I think. Because I got a birthday to celebrate. Whose birthday? Well, we'll it's talk Mark's about that after birthday. the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I might be there tonight, too, though. I was there last night. I was, uh, yeah. there were some S- older Someone sent me playing. a picture, uh, and it's like three stories now or yeah, something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's three stories. The third floor I guess, is wow. small, but. I guess uh, my discussion's not going to be about Dick Strictly Killer Queen. It's going to be it's about how Star Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. The arcade experience. Like. I, I, I literally picked up Killer Queen, and I just naturally gravitated to playing Queen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I and up, I, was, I, I was, like, stomping people that were more experienced at the game than I was. I play video games. Like, like there are a lot of really casual gamers in uh, Starport right now. So yeah. I get stuck as Queen a lot of the time because, like, we want to yeah. win. And I, I tend to be the most experienced. So, But I, I'm having, like, so much fun playing it it's oh it's, it's and it's black. like it's almost more fun for me when i lose too because like I, I was playing last night and i beat these guys like five times in a row and when they finally beat me they just lost their minds they were so yeah. excited it's and I wasn't so easy on them they, they just got me it was it's such a hype game i love playing it's so simple too yeah i was gonna say i i really feel like killer queen is one of the best arcade games ever made oh yeah like it's and it's so good Oh my god! It's just like you get five strangers together, and it's just magical. I thought I would yeah. need to have five friends, but strangers oh, no, are just no, as no, fun. No. Yeah, Starport's also like Starport's insanely good right now. Like I was there last weekend, and I was drinking, but they hadn't. Um, it, it's all ages until nine o'clock, and so like me, pretty drunk versus a seven-year-old at Killer Queen. <laughs> it's a pretty fair fight, y'all. And yeah. it was, that was like really fun. <laughs> Like, it, Connor beating up seven year olds. No, he beat he beat me more times than I beat him. Like he was actually, and it, it was like me and two of my friends, and it was like this kid and his parents, and he was stomping us. It was so oh bad. My God. Yeah, dude, kids he, are kids are good at video kids games. Kids are yeah. good at video like, games. He had man. it at home. Oh, and he was having so much fun, and that just made it more fun for me. I didn't care that I was losing. <laughs> yeah, it's like having fun is the key point of a barcade. And, they Dude, and I, I'm there. really glad that it's back. Yeah, I need to come I, back. I miss I need, that experience. I, Dude, I have missed Starport so much. Uh, that was it's my so favorite much better place now than it was yeah. before. It's so much yeah, better. So much room. There, I was in the Killer bars. Queen machine. There are two bars. There's free pool in the basement. Like, yeah. It's, because it's where Blaze used to be. And yeah. I'm assuming business is really good. 
It's, oh, yeah. It was pretty the, crowded last night. I yeah. Last time I was there, I waited like... The first night, I was there opening night. I waited at least 30 minutes to get a beer the yeah. first time I went to go I didn't here. wait 30 minutes, but I waited a while. I mean, me I, that's drink. good to hear. Like, I don't yeah. want to hear a sad story of them, you know, sh- shutting down in like a year because no one went. I'm, I'm oh, glad yeah. that... 30 minutes for I'm a beer. I'm glad that it's, it's I, back and better than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I understand. They have, full, they have a full food menu too, which is pretty sick. Oh, yeah. And it smells... I can't eat any of it because I have celiac disease, but it smells really good. <laughs> Smells good enough Starport that I get is good and back together, and they have forty some beers on tap, so it's it's like magical. Oh, they have a really fun thing downstairs where you it's like a roulette. It's like I think it's four dollars or shot something wh- for a shot, shot wheel. Yeah, and yeah, they just spin it and give you whatever shot it lands on, and that's super fun. They've combined the best bits of Blaze and added the Starport aesthetic over it. And I'm not mad about that because mm. Blaze was okay. It's extremely fun, man. It sounds like they're nailing it. Just yeah. like they, they did, they came back yeah. in force. Yeah, you gotta come. I, I'm, I'm out of town. Yeah, so happy. So you're not yeah, I, I won't be able to come for like the next three weeks. I will but... say, before Extra Life, I'm gonna bring a lot of the people that I'm bringing down to Starport. Like, like, Starport is so fun, like, that I was trying to figure out a bus route to get there and home so that I would be able to drink more. And uh, <laughs> it is impossible, unfortunately, for me. I yeah. Would, I, have I mean, to, you'd, have, you'd have to Uber or something. Yeah, you'd have Uber, to Uber for my house is like $60, so... Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's kind of insane. Well, two and back stay at other people's houses. Yeah, I'm just trying to find a couch to crash on right now. Oh man! Yep. Gosh, I I really wish I could. Uh, My couch tonight is occupied. I have to. (laughs) I have to take care of someone. I'm getting very drunk. (laughs) Our friend Mark, (laughs) our our friend of podcast Mark. Uh, I love Starport. Such barcade. Every city needs a barcade because I know I don't think Pittsburgh has one. There's no way Pittsburgh doesn't have one. That'd be crazy. I I've heard people from Pittsburgh come down here to Starport. <sighs> That's nuts. Because I was thinking about moving to Pittsburgh, and that would make me yeah. sad. I don't. I just don't think there's. They just don't have the market. I guess. I guess maybe we're uh, Dave and Buster's maybe, up here soon too. Maybe we can. Uh, maybe when I come to Morgantown and we check out Starport, our next episode can be like a Starport review, deep dive. Barcade barcade deep dive. A barcade experience. And if you're there, Ammon, we can split an Uber and the price is a little less. Oh, yeah. At that point. Yeah, I literally walked to Starport because I live just up the hill. That's hype, man. That's a great, great experience. I'm so happy that I live next to Starport. Yeah, I'm jealous. Or close to Starport. It's yeah. still like a mile and a half, but it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. It's like a $7 Uber a if I wanna, don't want to walk like, up the hill. That's a short walk in Morgantown. Yeah. And if I don't want to walk up the hill, I can just Uber for like 8 bucks. Nice. It's like dirt cheap. God, I wanna, yeah, I'll probably be there tonight. You talked me into it. God. Yeah, since the apothecary is closed at the moment. I know. That's sad. They're, they'll be they'll be reopening soon. Yeah, I know. It's just their moving locations. locations. Yeah. But I, like, had just fallen in love with them. Just the beer selection? I mean, I can't drink most of it, but I just like the vibes. Yeah, I think they're... Ch- they very, changed it is the a very location. cozy, cozy yeah, It is a very cozy bar. I love it. I mean, I gotta talk to them to get my name up on that board, because apparently I qualify for it. I uh, I got a high score at Starport the other night too. I am I am immortalized in one of the machines right now. I can't. I want to speed run that Mario game. Will completely trash. I forget what game it was, honestly. Because they have Super Mario on an emulated arcade machine. Also, like this is just the kind of fun atmosphere that they're promoting at Starport right now. I had uh, they have like 
I, I don't know if you guys have seen the magnetic pong machines that like like it's like physical pong kind of but uh yeah I, yeah yeah i had like locked out two people in a row like they didn't score a single point and i beat them and one of the employees came over and I, I don't know if he was working he, he was pretty drunk at the time oh yeah seeing the employees come out like i faced an employee playing queen at killer queen i'm like that's neat yeah it was, pro- it was they, probably the they, same dude but he came they'll over literally just like, come hey, out play you- games I, I, I want to play you at Pong, and I beat him too. And he said, That was your one. Every time you beat me from now on, I'm going to give you $5 in tokens. Oh, like, did he? Uh, I, he it, that was a once a night offer, so I haven't had a chance to cash uh, it in yet. But I, I bet he will. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And that's just like, <laughs> that's usually what I buy in tokens. That's like just free games He's, for me. The, the, the Starport people are, the employees are very passionate about yeah, Starport. It's such a good time. And you can, you can tell. He he was like he was like drunk enough that he didn't remember that he wasn't wearing a Starport shirt, so I did not realize that he was an employee. I thought he was just a drunk guy making <laughs> a bet was, with me. It's just an employee working there. Yeah, very. Oh, well, he was off work, but it's they they love that they love that bar. Yeah, and that's probably why it came back. And the bartenders are clearly like having a good time and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. It's extremely fun. Like every other bar, it's like the bartenders just aren't happy to be there. But it, Starport just brings that like, hey, when you get off, you can just sit there and play pinball for a couple hours. It's also hours. like so cool because there's like the upstairs has like a very loud, like very loud arcadey vibe. And then you yeah. can go down to the basement and it's not quiet, but it is kind of chill. And that's where all the pinball yeah. is. That's where the pool table is. A lot of the that's where Killer Queen is. is. Yeah, Killer Queen is down there, which is not chill. I all. will complain that that Mario machine is way too close to Killer Queen. The Mario pinball? No, the uh, the emulator. What? I don't yeah, know. they have a SNES emulator right no. behind Killer Queen. Yeah. Oh, it has gotta, like three games, but. I haven't seen that. You got to show me that tonight. Yeah, it's it's super close to Killer Queen. So if there's people in Killer Queen, you're gonna get bumped into constantly. Which Guys, I'm, I'm feeling so much uh, world right now. It's Super Mario World. Okay, Super Mario World. Say, if they have Arcade Super Machine. Mario All Stars. I could do. I could be in their speed run in Super Mario Three. Like it's my job. I, I want to see kind of drunk speed run. Yeah, Super I, could Mario get, 3. I could probably get drunk and get through that whole game on a quarter. Like, yeah, I think I think when I saw it, it was like. It was super free play or something like that. Okay. I don't yeah, remember. a lot of the stuff was like a lot of the pinball was free, but it's not anymore. Yeah, on launch night. Yeah, a lot of the I know their te- their fighting game machines haven't been converted to tokens yet. Dude, or at least are, when I was there, I play Killer Queen free most of the time too, because like the people I'm playing against are always drunk and they just start shoving in tokens and they never stop. Like. They just don't seem yeah. to understand how the pricing works. I was, I think it was free play when I was there. It wasn't free play the other night, but the guys just yeah. kept like, I kept being yeah, like, I think no. it was. They didn't understand that it wouldn't just start; that they had to hit start, so they just kept putting tokens in, and they they put like four dollars in or something. Oh my Jeez. god! I was like, sure, you know, I'll play, I'll play four games because Killer Queen, insane value by the way. It's a ten player oh, yeah. game, and it cost a dollar. Yeah, it's a dollar for ten players. So each play, so if you have five people putting in five dollars in tokens, yeah, that's a whole, that's a night of entertainment. And each game doesn't last. It lasts. They're kind of short games. It depends but, on how good everybody is. Because like, yeah, if you have a good queen, the games are really short, and that's kind of lame because you can get if you kill the queen three times, you win. Yeah, if you have a bad queen, the game can also be super short. Yeah. Because I have thrown games on on the back of my queen gameplay. I, I have also done that before. Yeah, if you if you've had one too many. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's super easy to get like too aggressive as queen, and then just like 
lose. Yeah. I think there's a Steam version of it, too. There is. I have it. There's a Switch version. There's a Switch version. There's a Switch version. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's so hype. I might have to buy that for extra life. It's not as good, though. It's only four (laughs) players per team, I think. Oh, yeah, that's not as good. Because part of the the draw of Killer Queen is that, like, atmosphere of just being there. Yeah, and sharing a screen. Guys, I have so much FOMO coursing through my veins. Oh, my God. You're about to buy the the Starport NFT? (laughs) No. (laughs) I kind of just want to go there, but... Yeah, you got to buy the NFTs first. We're in an exclusive club now. Yep. Bring it full circle, I guess. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Somehow this ended up going an hour and a half plus, which is mind-blowing to me. But uh, I haven't recorded in a while. We played a lot of games. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, we've been busy. That we have. All right. You can follow us at that podcast game talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, any other podcast services you use. Click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yeah, see you guys next week. See you next week.